Bad leads are significantly more expensive than no leads. The amount of time and money spent showing properties and leasing to poor tenants that result in higher turnover amount to the largest expense that landlords face. Today's guest, Jonas with Dwellsy, has created the largest free organic platform of rental listings. It's free to use and has increased the inquiry to showing rate for some of their portfolios in extreme cases by 50 times, meaning leads were 50 times more likely to show up for an appointment if they booked through Dwellsy. Learn about Dwellsy and some of the best practices for increasing your prospective tenant lead quality. This is Building Passive Income and Wealth Through Real Estate, where we guide you through the relentless pursuit of financial independence. I'm your host, Justin Moy, managing partner at Perpetual Wealth Capital, a multifamily real estate investing firm that lets everyday people invest passively in income-producing apartment buildings. Hey, investors. Welcome back to another episode of Building Passive Income and Wealth Through Real Estate. Today, I'm excited to have Jonas Bordeaux. Now, Jonas is here to help you navigate the complex world of renting a home or apartment and build a foundation for financial health. Jonas draws from his experience as a renter, a landlord to more than 100,000 people and as CEO and co-founder of Dwellsy to bring pragmatic, new, and secret insights to renters and landlords everywhere. Jonas, we're really excited to have you here. Learn more about renting properties and learn more about Dwellsy. It's great to be here, Justin. Thanks so much for having me. So tell us about the platform, Dwellsy. What is it? How is it different? And what insights you and the team have been sort of gathering along this journey of creating this enormous platform? Yeah, absolutely. So Dwellsy is the first truly free, open marketplace for rentals in the US. We have more rentals than has ever been aggregated in one place at a time, over 13 million properties list with us when they have availability. And hundreds of thousands of renters are finding us each month and finding their next home with Dwellsy. So why are renters going to Dwellsy as opposed to, I mean, of course, like apartments.com, which has just yeah. spent millions and millions on, on every yeah, type of ad, commercials, their user interface, and you have the Zillows. And so why do renters go to Dwellsy? So the fundamental hard truth of this space is that most landlords are not willing to pay for advertising for their listings. Mm-hmm. What we've seen in the market, what I've seen in the market over my experience in the space is 85 to 90% of landlords are not willing to pay a dime to list their properties. And they really have never had to. Yard signs are a classic tool that have been used. Craigslist for many years was the primary way in most parts of the country that most people got their place rented. You know, Craigslist sadly has just a tiny shadow of its former self as a result of the explosion of fraud on there. And we saw an opportunity to really fill that space. You know, apartments.com, Zillow, those guys are great. If you want to pay a bushel of money to get your place listed and get some of the traffic that they're able to drive, they can do that. But they're very clear themselves. They serve the large multifamily folks. So if you own a 300 unit community and it's a high margin community, so you have three or $4,000 a month to be able to spend on advertising on apartments.com or one of those other guys, they're there for you. But Dwellsy is meant to be the baseline 
of high quality lead flow that is free of charge for every landlord in America to be able to get their place rented and every renter in America to find their next place. Yeah. And that's tough too, because I mean, what we do primarily is multifamily or not even primarily mm-hmm. exclusively at this point, mm-hmm. multifamily is because yeah. you can afford that, you know, thousand yeah. dollars a month for a premium listing is no problem because we always have vacancies because there's yep. 500 units. And so it's definitely worth it. And then when it gets to that individual, maybe that mom and pop, or maybe even somebody who's a little bit bigger, but has you know things more spread out, it can be really tough. So farmers.com, yep. we know how they make their money. They make their money off of us. So the question always becomes when people hear that something is free, well, yep. you're getting that money somewhere. So tell us about the business model. I was poking around on the website. It looks like renters or prospective renters actually have premium tools Explain to us how that works. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll be rolling out. We're earlier in our journey. We've been running this for about three years now. So we're working on some of the initial monetization tools right now, but you can think of it in a few different ways. So number one, it is completely free for everybody to participate in the market. However, if you want some extra help along the way, there will be premium products, both for renters and for landlords. What you saw on the website and what we have currently available is a few products for renters. We've also got advertising on the site which with a large number of page views and a lot of visitors certainly helps with the economics of the business. And down the line, we really see ourselves as using the data and the marketplace activity as a leverage point to be able to help landlords be able to get the most out of their portfolios and help renters get the most out of their tenancy and really take the most advantage out of their time renting in their current place. And as they think about future places. Yeah. And that's really great because you talked about high quality lead flow for landlords. Have you noticed it? Because you were a landlord yourself, mm-hmm. you know, vast experience in the space. Have you noticed a difference between, let's say, the leads you would get from maybe a Craigslist or a Zillow listing or something like that versus what either you or other landlords are getting on Dwellsy? Are they better prospective tenants? Are there different checks and balances? And how can yep. landlords increase that quality of that prospective tenant? Yeah, it's a really important point. And a lot of landlords don't have good visibility into this. And there's actually this negative feedback loop that happens. You know, you put an ad up on a particular platform and all of a sudden you're inundated and it feels like success, right? Wow, I just got 50 leads. And it's so hard for the landlord, the property manager, the leasing rep, whoever is taking those leads to process in that moment, are these good leads or bad leads? And it really requires the property manager to be thoughtful and take a step back and look at the data. I had the chance to do this in detail in my last job where I was running 60,000 apartments. As you mentioned in the opening, over 100,000 renters living in our communities. So I could see at a massive scale how things were working across the portfolio. And I could see that there were enormous differences between our lead sources. Craigslist, when it was functional, And I saw our Craigslist lead volume go from more than 50% of our leads down to nearly zero. Craigslist was our highest quality lead source. It was kludgy. It was awful. It was scary. It was hard to use. It was inefficient from a time standpoint, but it resulted in a high quality lead. And I think the fundamental reason for that was they weren't pushing an agenda. It was just renters were going in there to look for places that looked interesting to them. So you ended up with a pretty high quality lead because the renter was really driving the process. You compare that with the listing advertising platforms and the quality varies tremendously. You know, I just talked to one of our partners the other day who's gotten a whole slew of leads from Dwellsy as well as a bunch of other sources. And they mentioned that Dwellsy was converting to a tour at about a one in three rate. Their next best was a one in four rate. And they had a listing service that will remain nameless. That was one in 200 across their portfolio. So there's a huge difference, but focusing on quality is really important. And there's a bunch of ways that we do that. 
It's not fundamentally that complicated, but starting from the beginning, we're the only platform in the internet that serves organic search results to renters as they're looking for a place. We're not showing them the people who paid the most to be listed on our site. We're showing them what they're looking for. And that is a huge differentiator for the renter. There's a bunch of other things we're doing. I'm happy to go into them if you're interested. Yeah. Platform's huge because that's such a big part of that asset manager role. And you know, even with my background in marketing and really observing the data and really observing that funnel where the cheapest lead is not always the route you want to go. Cheap leads can actually be more expensive. You spend a lot yeah. more time touring them, following up with them, building out systems for them. 100%. And so it's really difficult to get caught up in that. And maybe even blame the leasing agents. Hey, we've got 200 leads. What's going on? Yep. But when it comes to that listing, so it sounds like Dwalzi has a lot of things that they do maybe behind the scenes that are going to continue to evolve. And the process mm-hmm. is a little bit, when the tenant's more in control, that process is a little bit smoother. That person may be a little bit more motivated. What about the actual listing itself? Because I think that's some place where a lot of landlords struggle, whether mm-hmm. it's because they don't know how to maybe take great photos or they don't know how to describe yeah. their property. A multitude of reasons. Have you seen any differences or any good rules that people should follow when creating that initial listing to increase that process? Yeah. And again, the listing is at the heart of the lead quality question. Mm -hmm. And again, here we have a negative feedback cycle where it's very easy for landlords to jump to the wrong conclusion. So you put together a fantastic listing that's got lots of description that has all of the structured data that enables renters to search for different things like, you know, you're happy to take dogs, but you won't take Rottweilers or whatever. That kind of very specific information you provide that you provide great quality photos. And you know what? That listing is going to get fewer leads than a crappy listing with very little information and poor quality photos. And the reason for that is if you provide relatively little information, all the renter knows is that they want to live in this particular place. And this is a property that's in their price range. So they need to contact the landlord to find out more information because it wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And what they don't know is that landlord won't take their Rottweiler, but they didn't put that in the listing. So now the landlord is following up with somebody who is not a good quality lead, but they have to. And so there's this negative feedback loop of the higher quality listing leading to fewer leads. It's actually dramatically better use of the landlord's time because it allows the renter to eliminate themselves from that process and results in much higher quality leads, but that's important. So as you think about high quality photos, showing all the details, people want to see the photo of the toilet. Don't make it your landing photo, but people want to know what it looks like. Have a photo of the water pressure coming out of the shower so people can see what that looks like. People really want to see that. If you can provide a video tour That's super helpful. I can't underline enough how important it is to be specific about pets. 65% of American households have pets. Most renters have pets. If you're going to take those pets, that's great. If you're not, then that is a gating issue for those folks. So make sure to be specific on that. Any other constraints around parking or other things that might influence people's ability to occupy the place, those are important too. But the more information you can provide, the better quality leads you're going to get, the better quality experience it's going to be from minute one. And frankly, the more you look like you have your act together and the more you look like you're going to be a great landlord. So the more rent you can charge when you have a better looking listing. Because when we're looking at even comparable properties and we might see a property really dragging the average down in a certain neighborhood, a lot of times when we go to the listing, we can see why. It maybe just has like a really awful picture of the front yard that looks like maybe they snapped it and moved their phone a little bit too soon. So it's kind of blurry and that's kind of it. Yep. Right. And it just says call for rent. Well, you're going to get a lot of calls because if you're renting it for 50 bucks, I'll take it. I'll live there. So being really specific and almost having the listing as an elimination tool 
Yes. To help renters know like, Hey, this may not be a good fit for you. So again, it's not about that lead flow. It's about, like you said, the whole funnel to conversion, to inquiry, to tour, to application, to actually being a lease. How have you seen these practices change and evolve over the years? I mean, you've been in this space for so long, you know, platforms change, of course, obviously. Craigslist, yes, used to be very, very big for a lot of things, buying and selling almost anything. And now it's a really sketchy place to be on, really has that wrap. How have you seen listings change over the years? And what do you see on the horizon for change? And we're constantly seeing different regulations. And this may more be like the macroeconomics of renting, but have you seen things change? And where do you see things going? Maybe with more regulation with like rent control and things like that. Yeah. You know, the way that landlords get their places rented has changed dramatically in recent years. You know, I had a front row seat at Essex watching the death of Craigslist and trying to figure out with the incumbent listing services, the old pay to play folks doubling in some cases their prices year over year for exactly the same thing. We had to look at other options. So trying to figure out SEO and SEM incredibly expensive. Oh my goodness. I lost so much money on our first SEM efforts. I think we did our first test and ended up getting $5,000 per lease in acquisition cost when we were used to $80 per lease in acquisition costs. That's a little bit forever forever to make it worth it. (laughs) It was so awful in the beginning. And the reality is for your individual property manager, who's got one or two or three properties, they will never be able to beat a platform at SEO and SEM. You know, the fact is a platform like Dwellsy can be everywhere in the country and can be aggregating renter interest to a single place where they can look at lots of things they might be interested in. So landlords have had to get creative. Honestly, where they've gone in the absence of other options that has worked the best is resident referral programs, you know, really good signage and getting really good for rent signs out on the street. I know more landlords than I can, uh, I'm laughing a little bit because I've always thought it's hilarious, but spinners, landlords who swear by having a guy out on the corner with one of those spinning signs or bringing in traffic and like, it sounds insane, but in the absence of a good rental platform, that's what they've had to resort to. So our goal at Dwellsy is to be that next catalyst for change in the space and move people back from the yard sign, move people back from the spinner, God forbid, and be able to have a great single point where every available listing is aggregated and every renter can come there and find the right place for them. And landlords can get super high quality leads at zero cost and works well for everybody. So that's on the listings side, lots of other changes coming down the pipe on other fronts. It's so forward thinking because sometimes you do see, or maybe even a lot of people see those signs, like even like I buy houses, like mm-hmm. stapled to a, a post and you walk by thinking, who calls that? But they work. And it's just about getting mm-hmm. in front of enough people that you eventually get the right person. This is kind of doing it the backwards way. Well, Hey, disqualify your potential renters. So you don't have to run on that, have to rely on the volume or maybe paying for premium spots. I have another macro kind of rental question for you. Mm-hmm. It's going to help landlords in specifically certain areas of the country. We're seeing a lot more, again, in certain areas of regulations that restrict a landlord's ability to essentially gauge if a tenant's going to be a good person to live at their property. There's certain areas where you can no longer use credit, where you cannot even use a background check. I believe it was New Jersey. I just read this morning, actually, is introducing legislation that you can't even use a background check. So for renters that are getting impacted by some of those regulations, which are meant to do good and provide equal housing opportunities, but really have a lot of adverse effects... Do you have any tips or anything that you've seen work well that have maybe helped landlords mitigate their risk when they're unable to do the conventional things like run credit, run background checks, run criminal reports, things like that? I'm going to start by rejecting the hypothesis a little bit. So 
I looked at an enormous data set of quality of tenancy. You know, how good was the person for our platform? How profitable was their tenancy for the landlord? And how did they perform on our screening tools? Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that in a data set of a couple hundred thousand data points, there was no correlation between our screening criteria, which included credit, criminal, other things, and the actual performance of that person in the apartment. Some of the people who we took a risk on, who were people who might not have been allowed into the community under certain circumstances, turned out to be our best renters. And people who surprised the heck out of us by looking great on paper ended up being really bad risks for us. So I can tell you there's a huge market opportunity. It's not going to be us. Hopefully it's somebody else that goes after real screening and provides real visibility into what is actually correlated with success in a unit. So I look at things like the city of Seattle getting rid of criminal background checks, New Jersey, as you mentioned, taking action against credit scores, You know, others across the country making similar moves. I'm not the least bit concerned about that because I know that those things don't actually provide the landlord with information that's useful to them. Yeah. It feels comforting. Because we're so used to the construct of a credit report, and we're so used to that as a gauge of somebody's ability or willingness to pay. But the reality is rent is different. The rent gets paid first. People's roof over their heads is a different bill than they have in other situations. And you have a different relationship as a landlord with that person. You know where they live, right? Like It's not (laughs) like a credit card company trying to figure out how to track somebody down or a car company like sending out the repo guy looking for somebody and trying to figure out where the heck their car is. It's a completely different relationship. You know, the other thing I'd mention is most losses have in places come from interruption of employment. So somebody changes jobs and they end up having three weeks with no pay because they found a better job perhaps, but they don't have the bankroll to be able to make rent with three weeks of missed pay. And they end up trying to work out something with their landlord. And what I see is the mom and pop landlords are fabulous at this. They'll say, just pay me an extra hundred bucks a month for the rest of the year and we'll work it out. Where the big corporate landlords start going down this path of three-daying people and starting down an eviction process, which is expensive and awful and conflict-oriented and hard on everybody. And so I think there's a lot that folks can do to make that whole process get better. But I think fundamentally, most renters are fabulous. Most landlords are fabulous. But there's that 1% that gives everyone else a bad name. You know, my own personal experience as a small-scale landlord in Chicago, I had eight units that I owned there. And my total nightmare tenant was a guy who had an 800 credit report. He, he was a lawyer. Um, <laughs> you know, and he ended up just, you know, thing after thing after thing, costing me thousands of dollars. And I ended up having just nightmares about him until I could finally get him out. But on paper, the guy looked like a dream, plenty of income, great credit mm-hmm. report. It was just all greens all the way down. Yeah. And I thought I was going to be in great shape and I wasn't. So that's anecdotal. But I saw that at scale with a very large data set. These things that we've historically used don't work. And I think that's so important because so many people, not just in this industry and in anything, use anecdotal evidence. Yeah. And it doesn't really help a whole lot. You know, I apologize that you maybe had a poor experience, but that doesn't mean that I should change my actions because right. of it. Right. So having that data set is so important. Now, I mean, I think a lot of people are curious. If you're not seeing from a data perspective, those things matter, quote unquote, or whatever you want to say, or matter as much, whatever the case may be. Do you have anything that is, and maybe it's not something on paper, maybe it's not credit or criminal background. Maybe it's, you know, some people call it a smell check or the car check where they'll go check to see if your car is dirty or stuff like that. 
Have you seen something that has had a true direct impact? So I've never seen data that shows something has a true impact. I know there's some folks out there experimenting with Plaid integrations and looking at people's historical rent payments via those. And I think that's really interesting because by narrowing the focus and basically saying, we know that this person has had three years of tenancy with these three landlords over this period of time, and we are able to know that they made 36 consecutive on-time rent payments. That's a really good sign. That's the most interesting one that I've seen. And I'm hopeful that that turns out to be highly correlated with good tenancy and somebody who's able to make rent consistently and do the right thing in their property. That's one. I think there are other things out there that show potential around community reinforcement. I don't think anyone's actually done this yet. It's an idea that I've had in my mind for a while. You think about micro-lending in developing countries and the way that that is engineered is often by bringing in a network of people. So we say, Justin, I'm going to get five of your friends to sign on for this and to say that Justin's a good guy. And then I'm going to loan you the money to be able to do your thing. And that's the micro-lending construct. But I've often thought that that would be an interesting construct for renters, where you're in effect getting that community guarantee of people that vouch for somebody And then they're not just disappointing the landlord, they're disappointing their friends. And they're also introducing another group of people who might be willing to help out that person if they get into a tight spot along the way. That's so interesting. I mean, there's so much going on. And when it comes to these types of things, like the tech, especially, you have to be forward thinking, you have to stay on top of what's coming next. Then you have to stay on top of the data. Maybe what you said is totally true. And maybe eventually we're just going to throw out the whole credit report, right? Because those also include like medical bills and student loans and things that aren't applicable. So we even work with people there as well as best we can, but a lot of data, a lot of really, really big things already happening and on the horizon. So how can people get a hold of you and who should get in touch? Landlords, renters, I spend a lot of my time talking to folks out there in the market and different capacity investors, You know, always looking to understand their experience and how we can serve them better. I'm at Jonas at Dwellsy.com. Just feel free to email me, happy to chat. Thanks so much for providing that. Listeners, we're going to put that information in the show notes. While you're there, if you haven't already, of course, make sure you download our free ebook, The Definitive Guide to Building Generational Wealth and Passive Cash Flow Through Multifamily Real Estate. Jonas, thank you so, so much for coming on the show with us. Justin, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me.